Now, I, I, we talked about the, the, the various streets that have held some significance. You know, over the course of our lives, we live in a lot of different places. We see a lot of things, and we enjoy uh, cities. Some of my favorite places, uh, uh, I remember visiting Hong Kong while I was in the Navy, and, and there were some main roads. I remember one it was kind of crazy. I, I liked Hong Kong because it was, had the mixture of both the, you might say, uh, tall, high-rise, shiny, uh, reflective buildings, and then if you go across into Kowloon, you saw... You know, they, had, they, were, they, were, uh, they were serving up stuff right on the street. It was just a, a real mixture of uh, fourth world all the way to first world country stuff. And, and I, always, I always enjoyed that. Um, one of the, one of the, the roads that I I've really have kind of like focused in my mind that was important to me was that one that I've never been on. And it was, uh, it's called the Via Dolorosa. And it's an old, it's a street in old Jerusalem, and it's reputed to be the the street that Jesus walked when he carried the cross. It's called the Street of Sorrows, and probably is known by many, many names. And I don't know what 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 street. Uh, whenever we talk about streets and via, that's what we call it, via. Um, um, in 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 Italian, it's called via, the the street or the way. And uh, I think it's probably more of a Mediterranean term rather than just uh, Italian, but uh, when I think of those and you think of those, uh, where you live and, and places that you've been, uh, some of them really stand out in your mind, your heart. Now, uh, I'm starting the, the series this, this week, and it's the, series, the over, overarching title is Every Road Leads Somewhere. And, uh, and I'm not, this, just, this is not a geography lesson if you think I'm going there, because I'm not. Um, Today, it's, it's, uh, the, the, the subtitle is like The Journey, The Open Gate. Now, you've heard me say in the past that where we are today is really the results of a lot of decisions that we've made, perhaps yet all, in all of our yesterdays. Each of us is on a life journey, and that, believe it or not, is partly of our own making. Where we go, what we do, and what we'll make of our lives is happening right now. Does that make sense? In a few weeks, some of our young, young adults will reach a milestone in their travels. Uh, they will graduate from various high schools and colleges, and this is all of a part of the journey that will hopefully continue. You and I are all on some kind of a journey, and God's involved. God's involved. The interesting thing about our journey, our walk, our life, our street, whatever it is that we're in, is that every once in a while, God intersects. You know what I mean by that? He kind of shows up in the crossroad. And we come to a place where we have to respond in one way or another to him. Because he brings some things with him when he comes. He just doesn't show up. It's usually something that he's trying to tell us. I mean, he offers us a door, an alternative route, and it's usually some kind of an event that we can put our hands on and we can nail uh, a nail to. And it's usually surprising. Not that we didn't expect God to be in our life, because as believers, if you're a Christian today, okay, 
You, you can expect and you can and, and believe that God's in your life in some way, but every once in a while he'll come in at a, at a, at a, and create a crossroad for you. It will not only be surprising, but it will be defining. It will be directive. It will move you in a certain way if you go the way that he wants you to go. And it always requires a decision. When God shows up, it always requires a decision on your part and my part. You know what I'm talking about? You know, God doesn't just kind of... Sh- he does come, and, sh- he does come and, and hang out, so to speak, but it's always pushing us to something or somewhere. Whether it's to make some change in our life, or to, or to grow closer to Him, or, or whatever, God's involved in the change of who we are. Okay? Does that make sense? And that's part of the journey. Okay? We can, and I think we make a mistake when we look at other people and we begin to compare our lives with theirs. Because what God has in store for you and for me is, I mean, think about it. The, he know, like I said earlier, He knows how many hairs you have on your head. His arms are big enough. His mind is wide enough. His, uh, who, who, who he is is large enough to make a special place just for you. A special path. A special road. Just for you and for me. Amen? Does that make sense to you? Um, you know, this happened often in scriptures. And let me just throw some, some, some names out. Jacob, if, you, if you're a... If, if, if you just didn't kind of get off the truck last week, uh, if you have, uh, and since been reading the scriptures, you know some of the stories that I'm going to make references to. Jacob, he was kind of dodged, trying to dodge his brother, and, he, and God showed up. Okay? And uh, God changed him. There was a woman who thought that every day was going to be the same, and no matter how she lived, she had kind of given up on marriage. She had had a, a, a whole string of husbands, and none of that had worked out. And so here she was at noon, at lunchtime, at the well, and Jesus showed up and everything changed. Okay? You know that story. How about the rich young ruler? He came, he, came, he actually sought Jesus out. And said, I want to follow you. I'll go wherever you want. And, and Jesus said some things to him. And some of, the, some of the things that Jesus said to him made him hang his head as he walked away. Gideon was in a hole threshing wheat. And God showed up. Actually an angel. But he was God's messenger. And everything changed for Gideon. There were five lepers. Their lives were over as far as, as connecting with family and friends. They were often, uh, uh, you might say, pushed off to the side, outside the camp, away from, from, from clean folk. And they met Jesus and their, their lives changed. The centurion at the cross, doing his duty, but, but also witnessing God. And, and by his own testimony, something like this, surely this was the Son of God. Saul on the road to Damascus. <laughs> That's an interesting one, isn't it? He, he was on the road, all right. He, he, had, he had orders in hand. He was going to take these, he's going to go to Damascus, hunt down these Christians, kill them, 
God showed up. Jesus showed up, knocked him off the, off, out of his saddle, and his life changed forever. Okay? God interferes with our life. And thank God, he, thank God that Jesus does interfere with the road that we're on. And redirects us, if we'll let him. How about the men on the way to Emmaus? Yeah? Jesus is crucified. Some of the people have said he's alive. Well, let's go home. And on the road to Emmaus, Jesus showed up. They spoke with him, talked to him. Once they realized who it was, what did they do? Didn't, they didn't stay the night. They hoofed it back to Jerusalem. Changed everything. Okay. Not everyone who encounters Jesus takes the road that he offers. Isn't that true? You know, as I look out over our congregation, I know that each and every one of us is on a road. Some of us are young. Some of us have just begun the journey. Some of us are halfway down. And others are looking for the rest stop. (laughs) Some some are saying, well, when's this going to end? Looking for the rest stop. Let's look at the passage of Scripture, actually several passages of Scripture, where Jesus speaks of, of, of the road and the gate and the, and the way and the straight way. Okay? In Matthew 7, in, in verse 13 and 14, simply this, Enter through the narrow gate. This, this, these are the words of Jesus. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Now, I'm not going to just tear that apart, just, but simply to say this, that in this big wide world, there are many ways to live. There are many roads to take. There are many religious roads to take. You know, I, 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 I've got a Facebook page. Sometimes I wish I didn't. You know, anybody with me on that? And I'm, 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 and I'm, and, and what I'm, what I find is that everybody talks about their road. Now they may not say it, uh, speak of their road specifically like that, but everybody talks about their road, where they are, because the Scripture tells us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, you and I can't help but reflect where we are. Not only physically, but spiritually uh, in our conversations. Okay? Does that make sense? Can we not read one another uh, by the, uh, based upon the words and the values that come from uh, uh, someone's mouth? Yeah, we, we can. We do it all the time. Maybe unfairly sometimes, but generally it, what's on the inside comes out. And as, as, as oftentimes people say, the proof is in the pudding. Okay? And I'm not, I'm not here to, to, to bust on people, except that I, I'm an observer. My, my former youth pastors would say, pastor's a Facebook stalker. <laughs> it's not that. I, people friend me, and I just happened to read their posts, and I said, oh my. Yeah? I mean, you ever, you ever read a post of a, of a friend and say, oh my? Sure you do. What's on the inside comes out. Okay? So here we are, we're traveling along. Jesus talks about a narrow gate. 
And he says, why is the way that leads to destruction? Many religions, you know, we could, I could do a sermon on all the many religions and the philosophies that the world has, 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 has hammered into and, and, and essentially says, look, I'm making it my way. I'm doing it my way. I'm, I'm, I'm going to follow Buddha. I'm going to follow this. I'm going to follow, follow that. And Jesus comes along and says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except by me. Okay? Now, I recognize young people, and I'll say this specifically to, to our young people, that, that I recognize that it's really, really popular uh, to, 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 to be in this uh, in, in completely inclusive bubble where everybody's in. The problem with that is simply not true. It might be kind of like a social science uh, philosophy that, I mean, we had it in the 70s, guys, didn't we? You know, love will find a way, you know? And, you know, it's like, we are the people. I mean, we could go through every, all the Pepsi commercials, right? You know, and it, re- it was a reflection, quite frankly, it was a reflection of, of the peace, love, joy, you know? I mean, the, 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 it's all good, except it was human-driven. It was human-driven. And here we are. Here we are. The, 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 the thing that the world, one of the things that the world has a problem with is that Jesus really is exclusive. You know? And that shouldn't be that hard for us to grasp because there are a lot of things that are simply true in the world. There are a lot of things that you simply can't kind of bend to your own will. And I, and I always pull out this little illustration. I remember, I mean, I have this house uh, in West Ellicott, and things weren't right. The best house we could afford when we got here. And, uh, and I'm not real smart about stuff, but I can watch YouTube, figure stuff out, right? And, uh, and, and I say, all right, now this, this is a, a, a three-way switch. I've got a wire here. You know, it's simple enough. Everybody has these in their house. On one side of the room there's a switch, and on the other side of the room there's a switch, right? And I can, I can control this light in the middle on both sides, right? I can do that. Okay? And I'm thinking, all right, I've got all these wires, color, red, blue, green, black, you know, white, and all this. And I'm, I'm looking at this, and I go to the store, and they have this, they have this uh, diagram, and I'm trying to figure out where the blue, the green, and the red, and the, and the white, and the black and all, you know, how do you, traveling wires and all this stuff, and some of you are laughing because it's so simple to you, right? And I, and I, I, I don't get it, and, and I get the diagram out, and it's black and white. <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out what shade of gray is, is red. <laughs> okay? I say that to say this, is that, that here, here I am... Um, I could have said, wow, I'm inspired. I think all, I'm going to put the green here and the white here and the red here and yeah, it'll work. And 30 fuses later. Right? In other words, there are some things that have to be done right and we accept that. There, I mean, you drive on the, in, in the United States, you drive on the right side of the road. If you, decide, if, you, if you decide to do it your own way and be British for the day, you're going to be in trouble. Now, I, I say these things kind of tongue-in-cheek, but the truth is that some things are simply right and some things are wrong. And in spite of what the world says and says, okay, you know, we've got this big wide thing and, and, and all paths lead to the same, same goal, it's simply not true. Simply not true. 
It sounds good, but it's, it's a lie, and, we'll, and, and you will find yourself in a very, very, very bad situation if you take those instructions. Jesus says, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. There are many who enter into it, the, enter through it, and the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few that find it. Later on in Luke 13, I think it's probably a, 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 a parallel passage, but it spoke, he speaks in a little bit different ways. Uh, it says, someone said to him, Lord, are there just a few who are being saved? And he said to them, strive to enter through the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. I, I don't want to unfold all of that. But here, Jesus is speaking of a narrow door, a narrow gate, a narrow, narrow place. And he says, strive. Now, the word in, in, in the, 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 the original translation is akin to agonize to get in. Strive doesn't tell it. Try, strive does not give us the sense of how important it is to get there. Think about it. If that's the gate that leads to eternal life, if that's the gate that leads to salvation, if that's the gate that leads to happiness and peace and all of the things that we want and seek, and all the other gates lead in another place, it's really important that we make the right choice. Is that not true? We've got to make the right choice. In John, the 10th chapter. Let me just read the whole passage here. Truly, truly, I tell you, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he's a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the, shepherd, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he, when he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. The, this figure of speech, Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what those things were which he had been saying to them. So Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. I am the door of the sheep. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go out, in and out, and find pasture. He goes in. The thief comes only to kill and destroy. And I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the door. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God except by him. Now, it's interesting, he used this agricultural, this shepherding kind of picture because they were farmers. They understood the sheepfold. They understood the concept of, of sheep and shepherd. There are lots of voices out there. We've talked about that in the last few weeks. Lots of voices, lots of directions. It's important that not only that we, we hear the right voice and we listen to the right voice, but that we go the right way. When God intersects our lives, when God speaks to us, that's an intersection of our life. Okay? When He presses on us, it's an intersection of our life. So God is leading us, guiding us in our lives, and He would speak to us today. Now, there are at least three categories of people 
can I say this? Three categories of people uh, that, that kind of, you know, sheep. How about that? Sheep. Uh, can, can, we, can we get into that? Because, you know, the scripture speaks, to, speaks of us as sheep and Jesus as shepherd. Okay? There are at least three categories here in scripture that we see. Okay? The first group of, of sheep, they've decided to, to, to look to Jesus, the shepherd, and follow him wherever he leads. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Okay? Okay? Now, that's, that's kind of simple, isn't it? That's simple to hear God's voice and say, whatever you say, sir. Wherever you tell me to go. You tell me to go right, I'll go right. You tell me to go left, I go left. Okay? If your word says, do it this way, I'm going to do it this way. If your word says, I, I should, should, should live this way, I'm going to live this way. Yes, sir. Aye, aye, sir. Three bags full, sir. Yes. The, the, his sheep hear his voice and say yes. Another group, they don't want anything to do with the shepherd. Right? I mean, we, we, we've seen passages of Scripture there. Uh, it's funny. I always, I'm, I'm always find it remarkable. And, and the story that always comes to my mind is Jesus is in the synagogue on the Sabbath day, okay? And there was a guy there with a withered, the scripture says a withered hand. I don't know what was wrong with his hand, whether it had been crushed by an ox cart. I don't know, but it was withered. It was useless, okay? And, 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 and here they were. All the, the, Pharisee, uh, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders of the time, they were, at this point in time in Jesus' ministry, they were watching him closely to make sure that they could trap him in something. And during the course of the conversation, Jesus looks at the man and says, stretch out your hand. And he stretched out his hand, and all five digits popped out. He was completely whole. Completely whole. Now, now here's, here, here's where you see this thing unfold. There's some people who said, wow, God's alive. I'm going to follow him. Jesus is the Christ. I'm going to follow him. He's good. He's good. I'm going to follow him. In the same room, having witnessed the same act of God, the same act of compassion, the, the same miracle, there were people who said, wow, he did that on the Sabbath. Okay, guys, huddle up. How are we going to trap him and kill him? Hello, I, I don't get that. But there are people today that in spite of what God does, they've chosen to do something else. And in spite of the intersection that he has brought into your life, you say, that's either too hard, or I'm simply not going to. Okay? I don't, I'm, my hunch is that there's nobody like that here. You're here because you love God, or, or because you know, you're, you're looking into, well, what, what is this all about? Is this, a, is, is this real? Is this church thing real, or is it just kind of like this, this plastics thing that we see on TV? Ugh. It's real. It's real. Then there's a third category, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not breaking people down, just simply, this is who we are. That, in, that, that simply, they would like to follow Jesus. They'd like to hear his voice. 
They enjoy hearing His voice. But the truth is, they kind of want to hang out by the gate. They don't want to go in. They, they want to go, if, even if they go in, they don't want to go too far. They want to be religious. They want to be believers. But they don't want to get too, they don't want to be, you know, the holy roller. You know, Aunt, Aunt, Aunt Sadie the holy roller. They don't want to be her. Or, 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 or Uncle, Uncle Ralphie. You know, he talks to Jesus, every, talks to people about Jesus everywhere he goes. It's embarrassing. Right? See? I mean, I mean here's, here's, these are three places we could find ourselves. Just following Jesus, saying, no, I don't have any part of it. Or, I will follow him, but at a distance. Okay? I remember another person who followed Jesus at a distance. It was Peter. Okay? The scripture says he followed him from afar, right? When they took Jesus into, you know, they arrested him on the side of the hill, the Mount of Olives, and took him into the Praetorium, I believe it was the Praetorium or wherever they were, you know, they shuffled him around a lot that day. For the, as the trial began, it says that Peter followed, but at a distance. And because he followed Jesus at a distance, safe distance, see, that, that, that's, that's the key word, safety. If I associate myself too closely with, with him, that may be me instead of along with him. So he's there by the fire, and he's hanging. Who's he hanging out with? He's hanging out with the servants and the soldiers, basically the enemy's camp. Feels like he's safe in the enemy's camp. How many believers, Christian believers, have found themselves in the enemy's camp because they simply would not, were, were, were reluctant to follow Jesus closely? Huh? Does that make sense? That that's a place of danger? Look, you and I are on the road, and we're not really talking about a geographic road here. We're talking about a road of life. And, I mean, you can, you can be a, 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 a truck driver, okay, who follows Jesus, or a truck driver who follows him afar, or doesn't follow him at all. You can be a CPA who follows Jesus or doesn't follow Jesus. You, you get the picture? You could be someone, who, uh, an equipment operator. You could be a banker. You could be uh, a lawyer. You could be... Uh, 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 the variety goes on and on and on. It's not about that as much as it is. It's not about profession as much as it is. How will I make decisions? Now, some of the, the young people here, graduating high school, going to the next grade... They're making decisions every day. How will I live? How will I live? And God is speaking to them. Let me, let me share with you. Yeah. What will we decide? Let me share with you the story of a, of a pastor. And many of you, you've heard of this guy. I mean, uh, Jim Simbola, he's down in the Brooklyn Tabernacle, and he tells this story. I was in a, in a conference, and this is a, a widely published piece of stuff, but he tells this story on himself, and, and it's really about making decisions to follow Jesus. He'd be really religious and not be following God in the way that he wants you to. He says, uh, says Jim Simbola preaches at a church in the slums of New York. 
And he tells the following story. It was Easter Sunday, and he says, I was so tired at the end of the day that I just went to the edge of the platform, pulled down my tie and sat and draped my feet over the edge. It was a wonderful service. Can come. Musicians can come. It was a wonderful service with many people coming forward. The counselors were talking to, with these people. As I was sitting there, I looked up in the middle aisle, and there in about the third row was a man who looked about fil- as filthy. and uh, He looked about 50, and he was disheveled and filthy. He looked at me rather sheepishly as if saying, Could I talk to you? We have homeless people coming in all the time asking for money or whatever, he said. So I sat there. I said to myself, though I'm ashamed of it. What a way to end a Sunday, he said. I've had such a good time preaching and ministering, and here's a fellow who's probably wanting some money for some more wine. He walked up. When he got within about five feet of me, I smelled a horrible smell like I'd never smelled in my life. It was so awful that when he got close, I would inhale by looking away, and then I would talk to him. And then look away to inhale because I couldn't inhale facing him. And I asked, what's your name? And he said, David. How long have you been on the street? And he said, about six years. How old, how old are you? 32. He looked 50. Hair matted, front teeth missing, wino, eyes slightly glazed. Where did you sleep last night? David, abandoned truck. I keep my money in, I keep in my back pocket a money clip that also holds some credit cards. I fumbled to pick one out thinking, I'll give him some money. I won't even get a volunteer. They're all busy talking with others. Usually, we don't give money to people. We just, we take them someplace to get something to eat. I took the money out, and David pushed his finger in front of me and said, I don't want your money. I want this Jesus. The one you were talking about, because I'm not going to make it. I'm going to die on the street. I completely forgot about David and I started to weep for myself. I was going to give a couple of dollars to someone God had sent to me. See how easy it is? I could make the excuse I was tired. There is no excuse. I was not seeing him the way God sees him. I was not feeling what God feels. Well, but did that change? David just stood there. He didn't know what was happening. I pleaded with God, God forgive me. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I'm so sorry to represent you this way. I'm so sorry. Here I am with my message and my points, and you send someone to me, and I'm not ready for it. Oh, God. Something came over me. Suddenly, I started to weep deeper, and David began to weep. He fell against my chest as I was sitting there. He fell against my white shirt and tie. I put my arms around him. And there we wept on each other. The smell of his person became a beautiful aroma. Here is what I thought the Lord made real to me. If you don't love this smell, then I can't use you. Now, what does this have to do with following Jesus? I think it has everything. (laughs) What does it have to do with making the right decisions to follow him? You know... If the road that you're on is totally of your own making, you won't get this. God has made you and me for something more than just going to work and coming home and satisfying ourselves. 
when He intersects into your life and my life, it is for the purpose of bringing us to a higher place. A place where we haven't envisioned. A place where He would take us. That we have to take, put our hand in His and walk as if we don't know, but we're trusting Him. You and I, as we approach life, oftentimes what we're doing is we're, we, we got it figured out, we know what's next. Until God steps in and makes options and additions that we could never have imagined. What does he say? Neither, neither eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor is it in the heart of man, those which God has prepared for those who love him. And you and I only get that. When we walk into the gate, call Jesus and follow him. And say yes to him. And yes to him. Now is it, is it, is it all smooth and, 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 and pudding? No. Anybody tells you that's lying. They're not told, they've not been there. But I'll tell you this, it's extremely rewarding, powerful. God will change you. God will make you. God will do some things in you that you had never imagined or thought. What road are you on? Are you on your, own, on your own or are you on His? Have you closed the door? Have, has, he, has He opened a gate for you and you said, I'm not going there? Has he, has he bid you come with Him? He says, has He, you might say, knocked on the door of your heart? And you said, no. Have you put limits on God and said, look, I, you know, I want to be a believer, but I don't want to go that far. Do you really think God's going to call you to something that, he, that you can't, that He won't sustain you and keep you in? Really? Really? Or, or are you so insecure that, that God's going to make you ashamed of yourself? Are you so full of pride? So full of pride that, that, you, won't break, that you won't break the crease on your knee? The crease on your trousers to bow your knee and your head and weep before the, before the Son of God. He says, in Him was life and life abundance. The liar, the guy on the other side, speaking to, to you and to me, his ultimate purpose is to destroy you. God said, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life. I want you to know that the road, the gate, the road, the trail, the narrow place, that's, that's life. Life in abundance and joy and peace. Amen? Amen. Stand with me. Let's worship the Lord. I don't know what road you're on today. There may be someone here decide, well, you know, maybe a thought, well, this is kind of hokey. Church is kind of hokey. This religion thing is kind of hokey. I'm going to do my own thing. Kind of like the prodigal son. Some of us are here and then we've just said, well, I'm only going to go so far. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge that. You know, those places are not safe places. And they're not places of God's glory and peace. 
If you're here this morning and have never given your heart to Christ, I want to pray for you, pray with you. Or perhaps you're here and you're really tired of the other road you've been on and you want to follow Jesus. Come and, come and let's pray. Come and let's pray as we worship. As the congregation worships, go ahead and start. As the congregation worships, as people love God and spend these last few moments in our service together, you can get on the right road by simply accepting Christ, Except by simply pushing your other ideas aside and say, God, I'm going to follow you. Whatever that gate was, wherever you said no to God, let's go back there. Let's go back there. Say, God, I'm sorry. Father, I'm sorry. I want to give you, I, I, want to, I just want to put my, my, myself completely in your hands. In your hands. And trust you with the outcome. With the outcome. Let's worship the Lord. And this altar is open for anyone who wants to come and pray. Wants to make a recommitment to following Jesus, walking his path. Living your life in accordance with his purpose, his plan for you. That makes sense? It says, let's worship the Lord.